Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, not, not that I care, it just sounds like we're, we're sleeping. Good morning. Good morning. All right, thank you. I, I'm, a, I'm a good teacher. I like a, a good teaching relationship. So, good morning, and may the Holy Spirit come and fill our hearts with the gift of God's grace today. Amen. Uh, as I mentioned in the, the kids' time message today, the Holy Spirit already lives inside of us. Lives inside of us because God gives us His Holy Spirit. There is this gift, and the gift is God's to give, and He is the one who gives His gift to us. Notice that I said this is a gift, and then notice that I said He has given it to us, and not that He just offers us this gift. Because when you offer something, it requires what? You to receive it, right? But that's not what the text is talking about. If the Holy Spirit is given, and that's it, okay? Now, Pentecost reveals something about the will and activity of God. This is an uninhibited, uh, very intentional God who act, is very active here at Pentecost. This is not a timid or undetermined God, but a God who acts and acts decisively. The text reads like this. Peace be with you, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now it may appear to us that Jesus is offering something to us. Then again, it may also suddenly occur to us that Jesus is not just offering something to us, but is unleashing the Holy Spirit on us. And we are bound by God's power and given this gift, whether we realize it or not. I don't know if you ever receive a gift like that. It just comes at you. And there's no, there's no strings attached to it. It's yours. Now listen, because as soon as Jesus brings his spirit into us in this text, like the disciples, we are in immediately and intentionally both given power and responsibilities. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So you're given power to do that, and you're bound to do it. Okay? He's not asking whether you should or should not. He's saying that's the way it is. Again, I hope we hear what is being said here, because throughout the Gospels, this is the accusation that is somehow leveled against Jesus, that he heals people. Jesus was placing himself in the place of God. Because only God can forgive sins, and consequently, only God can heal. Since the infirmity and the disease were the result of some sin that we had done and committed, only God could take that away. Only God could be the one to make that right again. Jesus is, in effect, calling the disciples out to become agents of God's healing grace, again, given with the Holy Spirit. No questions asked, and no refusals, no denials, and no thank you, but no thanks allowed. Now that's powerful stuff. This is not a timid text. This is a very powerful text. No questions asked, no refusals, no denials, and no thanks, but no thanks allowed. The Holy Spirit is in you, and God expects you to follow Him and dish out the Holy Spirit in the world. To follow the Spirit's lead 
and guidance, and to do what the Holy Spirit instructs you to do. Wow. Oh, never thought that text was saying that before. If I am amazing you, it's not me. It's the text. This text is absolutely amazing. Now here's something to consider. How many of you remember watching for the first time uh, Steven Spielberg's movie Jaws? Anybody? Anybody watch Jaws? You haven't watched Jaws yet? Get out there. It's a classic, right? It's a cult uh, uh, movie. Let me tell you, it was one of those most powerful and frightening moments of my young adult life. You remember that moment, right? <clears throat> you remember that first time Richard Dreyfuss? is uh, looking over the boat, and suddenly Jaws appears alongside the boat, and he jumps back, his eyes are bugging out of his, his cranium, and he says, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's exactly, exactly what's happening in the Pentecost story. I think it's because all my life we've tried, and I think I've done this too, to desperately pacify the Holy Spirit. It may even, I may even see fluffy clouds passing by in my mind's eyes when I think of the Spirit, but that is not this story. Remember, just a few days prior, the disciples are behind locked doors for fear of the authorities. They are wondering what next. Thomas has left the community of believers. He's been brought back because Jesus comes and visits them, and Jesus appears and says, Here, Thomas, if you, if, if you need to, then put your finger in my hands, put your hand on my side, but you, you need to believe. This, this is important. Again, Jesus greeting to them both times, Peace be with you. An echo, right? But there is no peace in the frightened hearts of Jesus' followers. Jesus instructs them to hold tight because soon help will be coming. A helper who will make it all right. An advocate who will, uh, will help them and instruct them and give them power. This story is the story that breaks down the walls and doors and parts of imprisoned, frightened people. This is the story that breaks in on them and I think, I believe, and I pray breaks in on us this morning. Because we also hear the words, receive the Holy Spirit. No excuses, no denials, no thank yous, but no thank yous. Receive the Holy Spirit. It's that language. It's that kind of story. And all I can exclaim is, <laughs> we are going to need a bigger heart. We are going to need a bigger will. We're going to need a bigger venue. We're going to need a completely changed and overhauled life. Because, because the power of God's love, the power of God's grace has been unleashed on us. And we have received forgiveness of sins. We have received new life in Christ. And Jesus is now proclaiming through us to the world, right? God is with you. God is with you. God brings healing. And God brings hope. And nothing less. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. God is at work in the church, in the people, to bring salvation to the world, to the people, to the earth, and to all living things through us. Proclaiming through.
us the power of God to bring new life. We are definitely going to need a bigger boat. And this is called a name. If you don't know that about our church, this is our boat. This is our huge boat here. And we live in this boat. But we're going to need a huge boat if we are going to do the work that God has us to do. Because when we do that work, when we proclaim Christ crucified in the world and forgive us of sins in His name, guess what? New life is going to sprout forth. How many of you got some plants that are sprouting already? No, I just, I realize I've not been a good, uh, a, a good uh, a gardener here lately because I haven't taken and pruned all the dead stuff up. I haven't taken and gotten all the leaves back. I haven't done the things that I need to do. But if I do, I know. I know that those plants are going to just absolutely bloom. That's exactly what I'm talking about. We are going to need a bigger boat. That is what Pentecost is. And you, you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, have been gifted with the Holy Spirit, as they will be gifted with the Holy Spirit today, where we together... All people of all ages and colors and races and kinds will find that peace is only ours in Christ. But in Christ, that peace is able to touch the lives of all people. So go and speak God's word of forgiveness. Go and reach out in love. Go out and with the Holy Spirit, bring the grace of God to the whole world. Every tongue, every language, every